Hour of six having arrived, I'm going to call the meeting to order. The clerk will call the roll. Kolar. Here. Kolar here. Krause. Krause absent. Levin. Here. Levin here. Matano. Here. Matano here. McCarvel. Here. McCarvel here. Miles. Miles absent. Nelson. Here. Nelson here. O'Laughlin. O'Laughlin. Here. O'Laughlin here. Pirtle. Pirtle absent. Rip. Rip here. Britt. Here. Britt here. Rusk. Rusk here, Saloff. Saloff absent. Shower. Shower here, Schmidt. Schmidt absent. Stubbs. Stubbs here, Veldrin. Veldrin absent. Wegleitner. Wegleitner here, Willett. Willett here, Williams. Williams here, Young. Young here is Weefel. Weefel here. Baird. Baird absent. Bollig. Bollig here, Chenoweth. Chenoweth absent. Clausius. Clausius here, De Felice. De Felice here, Downing. Downing absent, Die. Die here, Erickson. Erickson here, Farrell. Farrell here, Gillis. Gillis absent, Hendrick. Hendrick absent, Jones. Jones here, Kiefer. Kiefer here, Kilmer. Kilmer here, Corgan. Here. Corgan here. The quorum is present. Um, this evening, um, we are here for a committee of the whole to hear from 100 strategic partners and their team regarding their, the market study for the Alliant Energy Center. And I wanted to bring it to the committee of the whole because this is a process and it's one that I want to make sure that there's a check-in with the county board for information at least as we move forward, um, even there, though there may not be a vote needed at this time. And we are at the point where we've, the AEC Oversight Committee has received um, this report from the Hudson Strategic Partners, and um, the committee that is overseeing this process will now be working on community engagement and working on visioning before they make a recommendation back to the board about next steps. But at this point, I wanted to make sure the whole board had an opportunity to hear from um, the consultants about the market study to ask questions and make sure that we've engaged with the board on that. So without further ado, I'm going to introduce Rob Hunton, and I'll let you introduce your team and um, give us the, your findings. Great. Thank you, Sharon. Appreciate it. Thank you so much for having us tonight. My name is Rob Hunden, Hunden Strategic Partners. Um, on our team, um, I have Michael Montgomery from Hunden Partners, and we also had two other outstanding firms on our team, St. Combs Detlefs out of Denver, with Don Detlefs is here, and MKSK out of Indianapolis and Columbus, Ohio, and we have Chad Lothamer, who are also here. Um, because this is a study session with a, a hard stop at the top of the hour, um, I'm going to move pretty rapidly through this. Uh, and I want to give, I'm going to try to get my part done in about 20 to 25 minutes, and then we'll sort of transition over to some of the drawings and exciting, fun things to look at. Uh, and then we'll get to Q&A, hopefully with about 15 to 20 minutes uh, left in the hour. So with that, we'll go into it. Okay, so first off, um, the key questions that we were asked to answer, um, what does the Alliant Energy Center currently offer? How are the existing facilities performing? 
What are the economic demographic trends of your area and how does that impact what we're looking at down the road? Who are the current users? What do they want? What are they frustrated with? What do they like and dislike? And really, what are the, the markets um, and opportunities that you're either penetrating or not penetrating or going after or not going after um, that could be expanded where maybe they're um, maybe not today? Uh, also, what are the renovation and expansion realities for major components? Sort of the elephant in the room has been the Coliseum and the big question about whether or not that can be saved. What are, what are comparable venues and complexes throughout the country doing to remain competitive? Are things like the Alliant Energy Center, um, you know, are those still sustainable outside of um, Dane County? And what can be learned from those situations? How can the campus be activated and more, office, more often and be less episodic? How can it just not be for events only, but maybe a constant flow of activity? Um, how can it better connect to the surrounding area? We're going to hear about that a little bit today, too. What are implications and recommendations based on the market analysis, and what does the recommended facility and master plan look like? And also, are there some different governance options for the Alliant Energy Center? So... Here are the, um, really the big picture headlines. Um, first of all, right now, um, in terms of the Coliseum, Madison is not a top destination for uh, concerts and entertainment in the Midwest due to the lack of an available high-quality venue. It's not because your market is too small. Uh, it's because you used to have a uh, state-of-the-art facility, and now you, you don't. And, in fact, the one that you do have, the Cole Center, is dedicated really to um, campus activities and athletics. And so it's sort of out of the box in terms of opportunities for those kinds of things. Um, the Alliant Energy Center has a place in the community. It has a ton of impact, which we're going to get into. And the Coliseum has an iconic nature to it and a very specific look and feel. And people have very fond memories of it, even though they're maybe not going uh, to events there too often these days. What we did determine was a new facility, which would cost really almost double what a renovation would cost, is not necessary. There's very little incremental gain from building a brand new facility than there would be for a full-scale renovation of the existing facility. And so we can do that at, uh, I think, at about 60% of the cost or something. So um, I think that was one of the big questions that was answered. Um, the attractiveness of the Alliant Energy Center is limited by a lack of surrounding hotel rooms, walkable activity, restaurants, connectivity to the surrounding area, modern amenities, and additional facilities. There's a real... Um, for, for it's, it's sort of a mixed bag. You've got some beautiful new facilities there, the New Holland Pavilions, and you've got some great existing facilities that have had some investment, like the Exhibition Hall. And then you have some of the older parts of the facility that uh, really could use some, some TLC. But also, you're still very attractive and popular with the marketplace, and so they are ringing the phones off the hook to um, get uh, events in there, and that either there's not enough calendar or existing events are too large and want to expand the space that they use. So from the ex exhibition standpoint, uh, from a ballroom standpoint, which there is none now, from a hoteling standpoint, and from food and beverage. People want a place to go and eat and drink that they don't have to spend an hour going off campus to do that. Um, 
the financial picture uh, from the county's perspective is getting a lot better, and we'll talk about that soon. But most of these facilities around the country do not make money operationally, and you have found a way through, I think, some really good management um, from the county, uh, sort of swung the operations to a positive situation. Um, as I mentioned, major events have maxed out the existing facilities, and we do believe that expansion is necessary for future growth. Additional on-site hotel development is absolutely necessary if this existing facility can, wants to transition into more of a full-service convention and exhibition uh, complex. Um, and we looked at some of the markets that you are and are not attracting. Historically, you've had ag, you've had entertainment and sports, and you've had consumer shows and some trade shows. There is additional opportunity for youth sports. Many of you know that in the last 10 years, youth sports, travel sports for adults and kids, dance, cheer, wrestling, volleyball, basketball, those are huge, and they are filling these kinds of venues, both the Coliseum-type venue as well as convention center-type venues. And so there's a real opportunity for Dane County to um, capitalize on that with some additional marketing and investment in some of the types of um, uh, flooring and things that th those sports need. So I'm not going to spend a uh, ton of time on uh, the existing profile, but really the, the complex breaks into several major parts. We have the Coliseum itself, the New Holland Pavilions, which are primarily um, for ag-related activities, and then the Exhibition Hall, which has all manner of activities, and it's um, primarily got uh, just the exhibit hall, no ballroom, and a handful of meeting rooms, and then it's connected through a walkway to the Clarion Hotel, uh, which is to the south, and then we have uh, Willow Island and Quan Park, where more outdoor festivals take place, and then quite a bit of parking, which does generate revenue and has a lot of um, other non-parking utilization for some major events like World Dairy Expo. Events by facility, you can see here that um, 1,346 use days, so on any given day, on average, you've got three or four things going on. Um, sometimes they're small, sometimes they're big. Um, however, multiple venues like the Coliseum are underutilized because of its condition. The New Holland Pavilions are ramping up and gaining a lot of use. And then the exhibition um, is still very episodic, and when it's used, it's really quite maxed out. Here, this gives you a sense. I don't know if you can read this, but in terms of just volume of people coming through the space, um, in 2016, over 800,000 uh, people uh, went to of the major activities. Major activities there comprise about 94% of total attendance, so... The actual attendance is a little bit higher than some of these numbers. You can see that um, consumer shows are huge. Agriculture events are huge in terms of generating uh, people on campus, as well as festivals and more and more sporting events. Now, I know you probably can't read this, but you may have it on your screen. Uh, what this shows is revenues and expenses from an operating perspective and then some of the non-operating uh, revenues and expenses like naming rights and things of that nature and debt service. And you can see that um, the just from an operations perspective, they've gone from a half million operating profit to uh, 1.15 last year. And when you introduce all the other um, 
including debt service, even when you introduce debt service. And let me tell you, event venues around the country almost never break even, and they especially don't break even when you introduce debt service into the mix. And here we have some, uh, a complex that's gone from negative 467,000 to a positive 194,000 last year. So um, we had nothing to do with that. So kudos to you all for um, putting yourselves in a really positive situation to make moves going forward and really proving that this is a, a facility worth investing in. In terms of a reserve fund balance, you can see the last couple of years that those um, numbers have started to tick up. And so you're putting yourself, because of those um, net profits that you're generating, you're starting to bank away some cushion uh, and rainy day fund. Now, unfortunately, these numbers uh, are sort of hard to read. But one of the things that I wanted to break out was how important is the AEC today? Just today, when we look at 800,000 people coming here and we break it down by event and by how many folks are um, coming and spending the night, uh, how many people are coming from outside of Dane County to Dane County to events, as well as those of you who are staying here to go to events instead of leaving to go to events in, say, Milwaukee or other places, what does that mean for you as a community? And what we determined is current, new, or what we call recapture day trips were over 400,000, and room nights generated are about 175,000 a year. So that is huge. And the annual spending, the direct spending from that that cycles through the community is $76 million, and it supports about 2,600 full-time equivalent jobs throughout the community from all types of things like hotels and restaurants and, and retail and, and gas stations and all of those things, uh, and generates about $2 million in local taxes. So what about the SWOT analysis, strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats? So let's start with the Coliseum. Everybody loves the Coliseum, but there's sort of a bittersweet because it's, it's not kept up with the times. And so uh, it doesn't have all the things that um, today's acts need in terms of lighting and sound and the amenities. And physically, it's, it's quite constrained. So it's got some strengths. It's location, history, ability to accommodate livestock events in association with the um, pavilions. Um, but in terms of weaknesses, it's deteriorating. Uh, the locker rooms are in quite bad shape, the bathrooms, uh, which are slated for some improvement, but there are too few and they're not uh, high quality. The, really, the, the technicals, the rigging, the loading, the seating, the lighting, uh, back of house, green rooms, even the HVAC system, Wi-Fi, all those things are a real challenge that have to be addressed. However, um, and we'll get to some slides that talk about this, uh, there is an opportunity to uh, mitigate nearly all of those items. The exhibition hall, clean, well-lighted, column-free, and flexible. Weaknesses, um, their sort of support spaces are the real weaknesses. So people love the big ex exhibition hall, uh, but the catering kitchen is very small. It's very hard to manage large events. Uh, the number of meeting rooms is too few to do the kinds of events that want to go there, and there's no ballroom. So without a ballroom, you have, a, you're really trying to um, do food events in spaces that aren't made for food events, and it's, it's just very difficult to make that work. Um, but your opportunities are to expand, and we'll talk about some of your major users that would like to see that. Youth sports events um, are definitely um, a big opportunity. Larger trade shows, conventions, 
Um, one of the things that I'll just bring up now is that between the AEC and Monona Terrace, um, Madison and Dane County really don't offer a what's considered a true full-service convention center. A true full-service convention center has exhibition space, like you have at AEC, and has ballrooms, which you have at Monona Terrace, and then you have meeting rooms, which you have a, li a little bit at AEC and some at Monona Terrace. But there's not one venue that actually has all of those. And uh, Monona Terrace can do some things to enhance their situation, but the AEC really has the best opportunity to become that larger full-service convention and exhibition venue. So um, that sort of informs a lot of our um, recommendations. New Holland Pavilions, these are brand new. They're doing great. Um, there are some minor things that some of the users would like to see, but all in all, uh, this has been doing very well for you. Um, in terms of some of the things that folks would like to see would be an additional practice or show ring uh, or two, uh, and that would save you from a lot of logistics of moving a lot of dirt and footing around. The Clarion Hotel. One of the issues with the Clarion Hotel, it's nice that you have a hotel on site. It's not necessarily the, the top name brand that you would maybe uh, choose if you were just picking from uh, today, um, but they're sort of locked into a situation that allows them to um, have a protected position unless and until certain hurdles are met in terms of their performance. And so uh, once those are met, um, then you have the opportunity to either force them to expand or have a second hotel, or I think the option goes to you to allow someone else to come in and develop a hotel. And we definitely recommend that more hotels uh, be built on site and that you exercise your options within the, the, that agreement to make that happen. Willow Island, uh, this is great for um, outdoor events. Um, it is a little bit tough logistically. It's a little cut off. Uh, and so we looked at ways to maybe enhance sort of its access and, um, and, uh, and just really the logistics surrounding it. But really, um, uh, Willow Island is, is nice. Um, as an amenity there and provides those, those uh, festival grounds. Now, one of the things that we really wanted to look at because it was such a big issue and it had been studied uh, other times is we wanted to understand what is the opportunity um, for uh, the Coliseum to be renovated? Is there a market for concerts? And big picture, I know I have to keep moving through these, um, the answer is yes. You have quite a large market within a 60-minute drive, over a million people, and in your, what we call your capturable market area, 1.825 million people. And uh, when we talk to SMG, when we talk to Frank Productions, and when we talk to Feld Entertainment, these are all promoters and producers of events. They all said, you do not need to build a new facility. You can fix this. The things that are wrong with this facility can be fixed, and we'll tell you what those are. And so we have that, that list, and that has been done in terms of what, um, what Don is going to take you through. Uh, so without getting into all the details, there is a lot of enhancement that can occur, and, um, and the sizing of the facility in terms of seat count, it's a hair small for what you would do if you were starting over today, but um, it's uh, incrementally um, immaterial. We also talked with the Live Nation, so I'm going to sort of move through those and then talk about the convention industry. Um, you have a lot of the things that convention industry wants. You have... Um, a destination that people want to go to. 
Uh, people actually like Madison, of course. They have a great reputation. You're known for your culture, your downtown, your progressivism, your uh, university, and the, the recreation in the lakes. And so uh, people like coming here. So what then they also need is they need the venues and sort of a value proposition. And so having affordable hotel rates and facilities that they like and can afford to rent is key. And so what you're lacking is really the hotel footprint as well as uh, some of the facilities like the ballroom and meeting rooms and expanded exhibition space. So these sort of take you through, and this is in our large report, uh, talking about some of the preferences of meeting planners and how they choose places. But some of the things that you think maybe are a huge hindrance to you aren't as much of a hindrance because even though you don't have air connectivity, direct access to every you know, city in the country, you still have events that want to come here. So those kinds of things shouldn't necessarily throw you off the trail. Um, you have a lot to offer, and again, uh, it's right now it's a question of more demand than supply a lot of times of the year. Um, so we talked about some of the strengths and weaknesses, um, and you really have an opportunity to expand. Again, I need to move through this very quickly, so I apologize. Um, I'm going to go to... Um, yes, yeah, so let me point out a couple of things. Uh, you would definitely be able to attract more groups with more space, a ballroom, and meeting rooms. I've mentioned this. A walkable, branded, larger hotel is very, very important. And, in fact, we have recommended actually 600 hotel rooms, not necessarily in one hotel, but in two, maybe three, right adjacent uh, and within the complex if possible. That would take you a long way in becoming competitive in a walkable environment. We talked to the World Dairy Expo. We talked to Midwest Horse Show. These, all of these groups um, enjoy the facility, but they have frustrations because they, you cannot accommodate all of their needs. And so it's not that they don't want to be here. They want to be here, but they want to be housed in a, in a larger, uh, more capable facility. So the Bikerama, the Quilt Expo, uh, Canoe Copia, uh, Professional Dairy Producers of Wisconsin, the Madison RV and Camper and uh, Sale, Brat Fest, and uh, Hockey Tournament. We talked to all of those, and they're all, they all like being here, and it's more a question of enhancing what you have to offer so that they're not thinking about going somewhere else. We looked at the hotel market analysis. You have really only about um, a third of the amount of rooms nearby that you need to. Convention and meeting planners and event planners in general look for sort of that cluster right around you. Downtown is on average $50 higher per room per night, and it's already um, quite booked solid. Uh, here it's $50 less, but there aren't as many rooms, and so it's, it's very difficult uh, to have room blocks in an event um, uh, when you have a large event, which you often do at the AEC. Um, this gives you an idea of the occupancy by day of week for the, um, the hotels around the AEC. And you can see that um, certain weekdays, but mostly weekends, are very full, over 90% on weekends uh, during the summer primarily and into uh, September and October. And then the rates uh, can get very high, too, and, of course, they're lower in the winter. I talked about the agreement with Clarion and our suggestion that you use your um, um, negotiating and, um, and oversight to uh, look at changing up that and, act and, um, and getting more hotels on site. 
We also looked at some case studies. Um, we, we went all around the industry and talked to experts uh, to find out who's doing what, who's really reinvesting in their complexes and why. Do they recognize what the impact is, sort of like we measured for you? And we, um, we profile in the study Indiana State Fairgrounds, the National Western Complex in Denver, uh, Metro Park in Billings, Montana, the Kentucky Expo Center in Louisville, the Oklahoma State Fair Park, and Will Rogers in Fort Worth. And those are all complexes that have a lot going for them. Um, and the reason is, is because the public sector, whether it was from the state government, the county government, or the city, or a combination thereof, have continued to invest um, in market-oriented and market-responsive facilities and processes to keep those places relevant. And so that's something that we... Uh, take from them as well as some of their governance structures, which talks about management and funding so that you're not having to every 10 years go to the till and ask for money. There's just a set um, knowledge that reinvestment needs to occur to keep the AEC uh, sort of at the top of its game. And so we talk about that. And all these things, these trends of restaurants on site, farm to table, um, having more and more activities on site and being a full service venue make a lot of sense. We also looked at governance options. Um, we looked at uh, public management, which you have now. We looked at an authority model, and we looked at private management. Um, really, the authority model allows you to sort of have the best of both worlds. You can have public ownership of a facility, and you can either hire a third-party private manager or the authority, which is sort of separated a little bit. It's like a quasi-governmental entity, of course. So it's not directly political, but it still ultimately is appointed by um, their political appointees. Um, that's a separate board that should have knowledge of those types of industries, and then they can hire either um, a, a manager who's capable or they can hire a company that's a third-party manager. But that has a lot of, of the, the hallmarks of things we like to see, which is accountability, responsiveness, sort of market competitiveness, um, without being sort of bogged down sometimes in the things that government um, can, can uh, influence in terms of operations. Um, and then there's the private management model, which is just uh, uh, contracting with a third-party private management. Uh, and there are pros and cons to that, too. Uh, some of the pros of the authority model, but also um, sometimes people feel like, well, we don't have enough control over the private manager in that situation. So, again, there's a gradation, and I think that that's something that um, should, deserves more discussion down the road as you look to enhance the facility. So implications and recommendations, we recommend a 50% expansion in the exhibit hall from 100,000 to 250,000. Ultimately, you could go in, in that same direction and get to 190,000 square feet. We suggest a, a substantial um, expansion in the number of meeting rooms by 20,000 square feet and a 30,000 square foot ballroom. You're really under ballroomed in this marketplace, and that is really appropriate, and that is sort of the, the thing that the industry really wants and needs these days are those really um, uh, flexible uh, ballrooms for different types of events. We talked about the 600 additional walkable hotel rooms and restaurants in a village field, not just one restaurant, not just two, but a critical mass of walkable sort of village environment um, for, for uh, restaurants. 
We recommend placing the arena. Now, the arena is not the Coliseum, different building, uh, and so that's, that's accounted for in the, um, the recommendations. Uh, minor improvements and a show ring addition to the pavilion, and, of course, a complete renovation of the Coliseum, which we'll show you. So I'm going to invite Chad and Don to sort of come up and maybe tag team a little bit because your slides are sort of intermingled and take you through the, the, the rest of it. Thanks, we'll, get to the, we'll get to the financials at the end. All right. Well, thank you. Uh, I wish you could talk in, near the microphone. Okay. We are uh, going to be a little brief, but I'm going to start just by introducing the site, essentially. Um, there are barriers, and it looks fairly well connected if you look at the red dotted lines. Those are existing trail networks. Uh, but the AEC campus itself is um, got a border um, to the south is a belt line. To the uh, east is the John Nolan Drive. We have residential neighborhoods to the uh, west, and then the park to the north. Okay, this slide in, uh, starts to introduce some of the um, the problems we have with the site and, and the connectivity to the larger networks. So we have um, these two major intersections at Rimrock Road and John Nolan Drive and Olin Avenue and John Nolan Drive. Sorry. Turning this to the um, proposed circulation of the, the, uh, the campus. Um, we're, we're looking at what, what could happen if you uh, remove the interior roadway system and provide a ring road scenario. Um, therefore, the parking, uh, parking lots can grow. And um, uh, let's see, we, we uh, it, pretty well struggling to do this. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, so basically the idea is the current, the current road, which is the entry, is the idea is to keep that really the main entry and then give people a choice so that people can come in. And then the dotted lines means on a regular basis those would be roads that would be open on a regular basis. But on the big shows like the World Dairy, you can shut those roads down and they become plazas and you can go back and forth and it becomes more like a college campus where everything is interconnected. You can see the buffer here to the southwest to buffer the neighborhood. But again, to create more of a simple loop road so that there's choices in traffic and circulating people. And then also, uh, whether it's bus or transit, we would have options of connections along John Nolan, Rimrock, and they could even come inside, turn around, and go on, on back out. So that's some of the circulation ideas. Parking uh, right now is uh, it's all surface parking lots. They have uh, even a greater need for parking, as hard as that is to believe, because they're huge lots. But there's some of the big events where they barely have enough parking to have the events that they have now. So as we look at this, the idea is as we look at improved facilities, we will need to look at the parking, emphasize transit, but still make sure we have additional parking. And at a certain point, that probably means a garage uh, on the site. So what we are proposing 
is between MK, SK, and ourselves. Uh, the buildings that Rob pointed out is kind of what you're going to see in a concept, and we have a 3D in a second, is taking this main entry road off of Rimrock. Right now you just kind of drive into a slightly landscaped area, two little ticket booths, and asphalt for acres. That's what you see, and that's the image of the AC. So the idea is when Rob said to create a village feel of restaurants, to put that right at the front door at a main street or restaurant row, uh, the Coliseum, as he said, would be maintained, but we would do additions to it. We'll show you that in a second. Uh, the arena is currently right here, which is really the A location on site, and you almost drive into the back of the building, and it's a worn-out building. So the idea here is that would be meeting rooms facility as well as a hotel next to it and a future hotel across the street. The expo would expand down to the south with possible future additions just to the east of that. The ballroom would be where the current offices are off the back, so the ballroom would face out to the west parking lot. And then the New Holland would stay as is with slight minor improvements inside, but then we would add a showroom, a show ring and a warm-up arena to the back of it that would really help the movement of New Holland, and they, they just do a lot of setup and takedown with a lot of dirt, so that would really assist in that. Uh, also, there's two little storage buildings that, as you drive in on the North Road, block the view of Willow Island. You almost can't see it. Those would be removed and built into the new Coliseum. So blowing it up there, that's how it would work. Those would be the facilities. Yellow, obviously, is existing. Um, and, again, you would be able to come in and go around or go right through like you are today, depending on what day it is and what event you're having. So the other thing is huge asphalt creates a lot of drainage issues. So part of the concept is to be sustainable and have new enhanced drainage around the areas. So the concept of the restaurants are they would be Main Street restaurants, but they would also have ponds and lakes off the back to really create deck dining, uh, but close-in parking, so where there's accessible parking uh, for both. And I don't know if I'm missing anything here. Oh, one of the things is the idea is on all the gateways to keep the traffic off Rimrock, but to enhance the gateway to the community and neighborhood to the west. So that would be pedestrian and bicycle, but not allow traffic. Like right now, traffic's not allowed, so we would keep the traffic out, but enhance both pedestrian and bicycle connection. And again, as I said, transit. And then in the existing ponds to the northeast of Willow Island would also be enhanced for drainage and as an amenity. So here is what the existing campus looks like when we're floating above the intersection of Nolan, John Nolan, and Rimrock, where you come in, as I said, you do get some landscaping here, but then there's just a lot of asphalt. This is the arena building right here, so that would be proposed to be removed. As you look at it, enhanced landscaping, the ponds on each side, restaurant row that would actually come out to Nolan, and the idea is to create a density of an entertainment restaurant district that attracts not only just these events, but the neighborhood and the community throughout. Uh, again, there's different ways we can look at this, but we wanted to show how it might happen. It doesn't have to end up like this, but here's some opportunities. This is the existing Clarion Hotel. So then what this shows is a hotel here with meeting rooms behind it. This would be a second hotel possibility site. Here's the current Expo Center, ballroom to the back facing this very large parking lot, and the extension of the 50,000 square feet of Expo Center there. Uh, the New Holland Pavilions, there's the show ring, 
and there is the Colosseum. So you'd still see the roof, you'd still see the red band, but what you might not see is the whole concourse around it is greatly expanded, and that's what it's lacking is additional space uh, for those kind of activities. Showing us how to do the animation here. There you go. So, again, as we zoom in to come across down Restaurant Row, uh, the other idea is we're connecting Coliseum to Hotel across a bridge. Uh, so they would all be connected with a large plaza, either during the day or a lot of events, obviously, or at night, but also have an interior connection that takes you from the Coliseum to the hotel over to um, the uh, expo center, so it all can connect to, together no matter what the weather is. Okay, so basically the idea is as we develop Main Street along Restaurant Row, uh, right now you come into a narrower street, the idea is to create a parkway, so to change the sense of your entry arrival into AEC, so two one-ways with really a parkway down the middle, Bicycle lanes, pedestrian, and very street-oriented restaurants, more like an urban village. Then on some of the ring roads that go along the outside, again, to traffic at turn lanes, sometimes they're very narrow roads, no curb lanes, no uh, turn lanes. So both bicycles and cars and pedestrians and landscaping to make it a much more a nice and functional experience uh, that invites people to want to use those roads. And then the festival area here, again, as we showed you in that plaza, the idea is to pave the streets with something other than asphalt so we can close those streets down on select days and it can feel more like a campus when that happens. And then again, the connection to the west of the neighborhood, the idea is to enhance that with landscaping, pedestrian paths, and bicycle lanes so it's much more clear how to get into the site from the west. This shows the concept off the back of Restaurant Row on one of the sides, where to take the restaurants and have exterior decks for exterior design, dining, especially in spring, summer, and fall. I guess you could do it in January, probably not. But uh, And then linking from the current parking lot, which would be over here, a bridge to it to get to Main Street for easy access throughout. So this is real. I'll try to be quick here. This is your existing Coliseum. The big problem with the Coliseum is... It doesn't have enough space for everything you need, specifically on the concourses. So the idea is to take the existing Coliseum, and then that's the current outline of it, and to add space all the way around it the, on all three levels. So on the event level, this is the north side. We'd add a huge piece of storage. This is the current cooling tower. We'd add new locker rooms, enhanced loading, enhanced meeting rooms all down on this level and much better access to the concert floor on this level. And then there's your con existing concourse level. And on the concourse level, it would get much wider, particularly on the south and on the north. The idea is to maintain the east entry because you have a huge parking lot out here, maintain the west entry because you have another huge parking lot here, but add a whole new south entry that you just saw in that plaza diagram that connects the whole complex. And then in addition, what we would do, once we get this space, you would fill it with food and beverage and restrooms, particularly for women. You are so under restroom for women uh, that it would really enhance it. We could also enhance suites that are currently there and add a lot more amenities to the building. The bowl would be all refurbished as would the inside of it, but the bowl shape would not change. 
generally if we did a new arena, we would not do a boulder shape. But when they talk to the people, it really costs you no events. So the idea is to fix the grid, fix the ceiling, fix the air, replace all the seats, and make it feel like new. But you're staying with the existing geometry of the bowl. So here's the current bowl. And then what we would do on the upper concourse as well, so we just don't put all the money into the lower with the expensive seats, you would also widen the upper concourse all the way around. We'd have a whole series of ramps that would connect the different levels, which is particularly, and elevators and escalators, so it's particularly friendly for people with a, uh, disabilities. But we would add way more amenities like bars and food and beverage. So, again, here's the bowl plan. The idea is to redo the entire bowl, enhance it. And actually, one of the ideas is all on the south end to create a great new party club. So when you're standing on the concourses, either the main concourse or the upper, you can see all of the activity and what's happening below. Okay, cost. <laughs> Siri isn't that smart these days. Okay, so what? Uh, there's a reason we made this small, uh, so you can't see. No, I'm just teasing. Um, this could have cost a lot of money. And, in fact, you know, all of these things are major investments. But uh, compared to building a new uh, Coliseum, uh, the costs are, are much less. So just to break it down, uh, the Coliseum renovation, uh, we are looking at about $105 million versus 180 to 200 if it was brand new. Um, so significant savings there. Um, the exhibit hall, ballroom, and meeting rooms coming in uh, about 122 million, uh, and that is significant. But relative to what you will get from it, um, it's actually one of the most um, positive ROIs, I think, uh, based on our numbers. Uh, the additions to the sh to, to pavilions, to show rings, pretty minor at about seven million. The campus in general, landscaping, wetlands rejuvenation, uh, some of uh, those related things, about $8.4 million. Um, hotels, which would be largely a, a private investment, maybe needing some public inducement to get the quality level up. But uh, that's so that 600 rooms, about $135 million, but again, that's mostly private sector, as would be the restaurants, uh, which we have put in about $58 million. So of the total costs, uh, we're looking about 56% would be public sector. Um, so just to recap kind of how important the AEC is today, uh, it's generating about $76 million a year in spending and supporting about 2,600 full-time equivalent positions in the marketplace through all the spending that sort of flows through the economy and generates about $2 million in taxes. Now, what would happen if we uh, made all of these enhancements and they were all done? We don't expect that you'll be able to do them all at once. You could, potentially, but um, uh, there m may need to be some prioritization, which we have some opinions on. Uh, we believe you should start with the Coliseum. Uh, the net new non-Dane County day trips, we believe, will change by 72%, uh, and it varies between the, the different types of assets. Uh, and the number of room nights would increase um, by another 164,000, so a pretty significant increase. I mean, primarily because the Coliseum would be essentially new and would be able to do so many more things than it can do today, and you're essentially doubling the capacity uh, and, the, and the types of things that the ex exhibition and convention ballroom center can do. 
Um, so that's really important. Um, in terms of the other uh, impacts, the 30-year the new spending uh, from everything is about, it's a big number, $6 billion. It's over 30 years. Uh, new full-time equivalent positions, 1711 and the new 30-year local taxes, which are primarily the 9% hotel tax, which is local, and the half percent county sales tax. Um, there are plenty of other taxes out there that you don't that don't accrue to you, uh, but those uh, would add to about 87 million over the period. Uh, and then we again have the cost for the different um, venues. And then in terms of the stabilized revenue and event uh, projections. Uh, we have different amounts of increases uh, for each of the venue types, depending on how much they're enhanced and the activity would change. And overall, you're going from, say, just in the facilities, about a $3 million net operating profit to about a $5 million. Then you have a bunch of other um, revenues and expenses associated with the administration. Uh, and so that's currently about a negative um, $2 million. We believe that would increase about a third to about two and a half million. So your net still, which is about 1.2 million as of last year, uh, we believe would increase um, quite a bit. And so you, we believe you can still operate at a profit um, in which, again, I don't normally say this. Most of the venues we work with are overstaffed and uh, have a lot of issues uh, that just cost them a lot of money. And so you all have been able to, I think, uh, make do with um, a, a tighter staff that may have to expand now that um, you're so busy. But, um, but, but, yeah, the expenses have come down. So with that, um, I'll open it up for questions, and we do have 15 minutes left. So um, there's certainly a lot in the study that we didn't get to touch on, and I didn't even get to go into all of our fun interviews that we had with all the event folks and the and, and those. So uh, any questions that you have about anything, we're happy to take. Yes, sir. So can you tell us what is the cost to the taxpayers of what you're proposing? I'm just added up my iPhone. It came to about $240 million. Is that correct? Yes. So if, uh, if you were going to do all of the in, uh, public investments, uh, that number, and actually, yes, so we had about $242 million. Yes. And that, that's everything on the public side. It's okay. renovated a coliseum and expansion and renovation of everything else. Rob, I'll do the questions from up here because I can see who's punched oh, in on it. So, sorry. Okay. Supervisor O'Loughlin. Um, in your analysis, did you look at the possibility of going further south through Meyer trucking out for ingress, egress off the Beltline? having a dedicated lane into the Beltline and out of the Beltline? Um, that is, I mean, we primarily stuck within the boundaries. Right, we did right. sort of ask about, you know, and we do want as much connectivity, but we really sort of stuck in terms of our designs and plans right. within the boundaries. So, okay. but to the extent that that is, you know, viable. Because I was on the Alliance board many years and, uh, a lot of issues were ingress and egress, yeah. and I, I haven't seen any improvement in that. And I like your plan, but I just haven't seen any better. I like the circular within, but getting in and getting out are two issues that I think should be addressed a little further. Okay. Thank you. Fair enough. Thanks, Supervisor. Supervisor Pirtle. Uh 
I also agree the uh, entrance and exit is a challenge. My question was going to be, on the restaurant row designs, where everything's sort of forward-facing on the central uh, main corridor access, and the only thing that sort of, I guess my question was, if part of the goal is to have the restaurant row functional outside of event times, what I, and maybe I just don't quite understand it, where do those people park? So great question, and in fact, we talked about that today at a, at a um, another study session. Um, so really, the the parking lots uh, to the back there on the right side. Uh, I'm sorry, in front of the Coliseum, is that what you're saying? Correct. Okay. Uh, would be the primary parking spots for those, although I think we're, again, this is conceptual in many ways, but one of the things we talked about today was finding a way to either bring the parking closer or reshaping the water a little bit or maybe even adding yet another set of restaurants closer into the, the parking lots to create more of a village feel and not just a row. Mm -hmm. Yes. Did you have another question? Okay. Uh, no, it, was, it reminded me a little bit of, of Hilldale and sort of the outside mall sort of strategy and kind of, but there's very limited parking outside the ramp access there and it's a more condensed footprint. And so just thinking about physically what would the space look like and how people could access it, that seems to be a, a critical issue. Absolutely. And maybe you could address the fact that you really didn't picture structured parking in here, but there may be some available at some Correct. point. Correct. So, yeah, both great points. So one of the things that we really wrestled with, and we do believe as you sort of densify this, as you put more uses in here, um, parking, some parking goes away. So one of the things that Don talked about was the, the structured parking that would be sort of behind sort of where the current admin building is. But there's an, also an opportunity, and I can just sort of show you here because I'm not good with pointers, but um, right sort of in alignment with that spine could be a second um, hotel uh, development, uh, which would wrap a structured parking facility. So there are a number of ways you can structure parking uh, and make it not visible as structured parking and create an urban fabric. Uh, so those are things that we can enhance here. Supervisor De Felice. Yes, thank you. Um, thank you for your presentation. My question regards the Coliseum rigging, the hanging lights and the speakers and the staging. That is described to us, I'm on the Public Works Committee, as one of the essential weaknesses of the Coliseum because it's a limitation. Apparently, it can't be addressed the way the Coliseum is set up now. So I'm wondering, if you're going to maintain that facility or retain it, how are you going to address the rigging problem? So the concept is to upgrade the structure. Keep the structure, but upgrade it, reinforce it, uh, and add additional rigging points. Because, yes, it doesn't, it doesn't work. There's not enough power. There's not enough lights. There's not enough rigging. So the idea would be to keep the overall shape of it, but to come in and, you know, reinforce it with additional steel. What I'm wondering is, are you going to have to replace the roof and the no. ceiling? No. What we see outside will stay yeah, so, as is? So what we tried to show is... To us, the iconic part is the folded roof and the red band that we heard over and over. Oh, I see the red band. So the idea was keep the red band. Obviously, as you're close to the building, you wouldn't see it quite as well because the addition would come out in front. And actually, probably we could even glow it with lights at night. It would be really easy to do. But to upgrade that structure. Um, and, and when we talked to the structural engineers without doing a crazy detailed study, they said, yes, they think they can do that. And that was one of the things 
is this building savable? If you can't upgrade the structure, then it wasn't going to be savable. Right. Again, the bowl is not the best shape, is to be perfectly honest, but to a person they said, we would not, we'll still come to this building in spite of the shape of the bowl. I'm just wondering, final question, is if we could just do that upgrade for the rigging and not invest as much money as you're talking about. You could. So what we said is the, the discussion we had was new building versus a building that feels like new. You could always do less and spend less money. It will still feel like a second-rate facility then. If you don't add on to the concourses of this building, it will feel like a second-rate facility. It doesn't have enough mm-hmm. restaurant Compared to what people see in modern-day arenas, it doesn't have enough entries, circulation, elevators, restrooms, food service, and that's uh, family restrooms, decent seating, premium. That's the fan experience. And then you have the back-of-house experience, which it doesn't have enough locker rooms, loading, all of those kind of things as well. What it does have that has way more than most buildings is that lower level of exhibition space. Down, most, building, most arenas do not have that, so that's one thing it has better than most arenas. It doesn't particularly look great, but that's a cosmetic fix. You could easily fix that up. Supervisor Nelson. Uh, thank you. I'm looking at uh, slide number 68, uh, summary of visitation and impacts at major AEC components. And the columns here, uh, you know, it has uh, net new non-Dane County day trips, net new room nights, but the column that I would have liked to see is the uh, net new attributed attendance. In other words, you know, with that slide that, that showed the, the view of the, uh, you know, the final project as it's visualized there, how many, actually, how many more people are going to be coming to this campus for events and conferences and conventions and going to restaurants? Is that, can you give a little ballpark figure there of what the impact of attendance would be? Yeah, so... And I don't have the exact number in my head, but that's part of the modeling. Mm-hmm. We didn't – most of the new attendance will be from out of town. Um, I don't show it here. Uh, so most of it's accounted for here. But the, total, the gross number is actually larger. So we can break that out in the final report just so you know. Yeah, I would like to see that. If you yeah. Understand. But we, we, we try to be careful to really talk about the net – to the county as opposed to counting the folks that are already here or um, that would be. So, yes, but we'll show you that. Supervisor Dye. Thank you. Um, I was wondering, you alluded to the idea of phasing this project when you were saying you had recommendations and that you would recommend doing the Coliseum first. Could you expand a little bit on the idea of phasing for the public investment on this project um, or even phasing of the Coliseum project itself? Yeah, sure. Um, So, again, I don't think it's necessarily my place to make your priorities for you. Uh, However, if it – having been in economic development for 20 years and understanding sort of the the impact on community and campus pride of having sort of your biggest um, challenge become your newest success as opposed to sort of making other modifications uh, along the way – um, all these things are great, needed, expected investments. But my recommendation would be to tackle the Coliseum because we do think you would see um, uh, a significant improvement and positive, um, just both measurable and immeasurable 
uh, impacts on the community. So um, now in terms of pure um, numbers of events and attendees, it's sort of a battle between that and the, and the exhibition convention center because that ballroom and the expansion will really um, help you quite a bit. Um, so really those two are the really big ones. And if you could do it together, you know, and, and a lot of places, so like Oklahoma City has like the MAPS 3 program where they, they raised a, a, a sales tax to fund cultural and sports and convention all at once. Uh, so everybody sort of got on board because it sort of was a Christmas tree bill essentially for everybody. And so communities have done that. And if you could do that and, and induce the restaurants and the hotels all at once, I think that would be fantastic. Um, but to the extent that you had to prioritize, I think I would start with that Coliseum. Thank you. Supervisor Veldrin. Thank you. Um, just on the Coliseum, from the marketing percent, percent, uh, perspective, typical Coliseum's arenas, how often are they usually light and dark? And what's the difference that, you know, our Coliseum, just in general? So in general, uh, and this is not a general situation. Right, and that's uh, actually, important. Actually, in, you can in add a positive way, this is not general. Your um, Coliseum, for as challenged as it is, is utilized about you know 300% more than most facilities of its condition, simply because it benefits from all the other events that are uh, coming to the New Holland Pavilions and to the Exhibition Center, and so they use that uh, as just an additional space or an assembly space or awards and all that sort of thing. So it gets a lot more use than it probably deserves, to be honest. However, um, I would say if you're dealing with a non-tenanted, like a non-pro sports tenant, if you can get 100 or more dates, you're doing really well in an arena. Uh, you, and depending if it's hockey or basketball or whatever, then that can add another, you know, 40-plus uh, dates. And so um, now that's, there are smaller events that are not necessarily in the bowl, that are, as you do this correctly, as, as Don has designed it, um, charity events, lots of other events happening in the concourse, in the premium areas, that's become a much bigger business than it used to. But in terms of filling the bowl, that's fine. 100, 90 to 100 is sort of your, your barometer, I would say. Thanks, Rob. Um, I'm, I know there's still a couple questions, but we are up against the 7 o'clock hour, and the clerk has to switch over to record the 7 o'clock meeting. So I'm going to um, ask for a motion to adjourn this meeting, moved by Kolar, seconded by McCarville. Um, all those in favor say aye. Opposed say no. The ayes have it, and we're adjourned. Thank you, Rob. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. And if people have some additional questions that wanted to ask them, perhaps they'd come up and catch up. Sorry to interrupt you.